from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Here we go, 5 o'clock hour. Cofield, Judge Dan alongside. Silver 7's is the site today, happy hour. Starts up at 3 o'clock, 277 on the drinks. We got NBA basketball coming up, finals, Warriors. And the Celtics, JVT, basketball expert from VSIN, will join us in about 20 minutes. Uh, right as I came on the air, I don't know if you noticed it, Dan, but I was answering some text. Um, I am getting one text at a time, but they're generally long texts. So did you call your friend and tell him to stop sending you per text in one conversation? You know, he was actually a client of mine oh, okay. a while well, that's, back. Well, that, well, that's different. Well, no, we. but now we've become friends, but... I actually texted his wife. I said, I'll, I'll bet you $100 I've got more texts from your husband than you have this month. And we tallied <laughs> it up. I had I had 1,500 texts from this guy. What? Yes, 1,500. And she said, oh, my God, this is unbelievable. Um, so this guy has a history. He's a serial texter. You know, it's, it's, it's a problem for this guy. And uh, so... Yeah, so actually what I did was I sent a screenshot, and uh, he laughed, you know. So I was like, uh, guess what my phone, uh, you know, is doing to you, you know. So he's uh, he knows he's got a problem. It was funny, but it was a threat, so I like it. Serves two purposes. Yes. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. So, Dan, I don't know what you have planned for the summer, but, um, you know, after a pretty busy sports year, we get a couple of months here where there's some vacation we can take, maybe do some traveling. But I saw a headline today, or at least a, uh, a tease on a tweet. Canceled flights, surging airfares, rental car shortage, record gas prices, and rising hotel prices. Welcome to the summer of travel hell. Now, the first person I thought of was you, because for me, for the little people, we have to budget, and I'm like, man, this is – I'm going to have to look around here. I might have to change up some trips, maybe don't get to do what I wanted to do. This guy I'm doing the show with right now, I feel like your budget's unlimited. But is this going to even hit you? Is there a point where you're like – where the Judge Dan family is like, you know what, we can't travel 31 uh, times this year? I, I think you have mistaken me. Uh, this is not uh, Watkins you're talking it's to. It's not Justin Watkins? This is not Justin There's Watkins. There's an attorney pecking Judge- order on the show? Yeah, this is Judge Dan. I'm I'm a lowly public servant, uh, you know, so I don't I don't get to go anywhere uh, at all, you know, at any time. And I'm not a big time. Uh, I'm a weekend talk show host. Uh, I'm not a big time ESPN afternoon yes. drive talk show host. With, I'm rolling uh, in dough. I sleep in money. Y- yes. Uh, so yeah, I don't uh, with you know just free free comps everywhere I go, rolling around Vegas. Hey, oh, you know, whatever I want. Ask, ask anyone in Vegas. I call them all the time to get. To get comps and oh, I get I get so many freebies here. I'm always leaning on people for favors. Well, well, um, you don't have to. You don't have to. They just say, "Hey, oh, Cofield, this one's on us." Uh, tip, tip, tip your weight staff. Yeah. Have you uh, altered? No. Have you altered your plans at all? Because uh, I, I will tell you, I had one trip that I was supposed to go uh, on for Memorial Day weekend, and I was just like, "This is ridiculous." I'm not, you know, it was supposed to be like a weekend four day trip, and I'm like, I'm not spending. It was a wedding. I'm not spending like three or four thousand dollars for two of us to you know fly across the country and wait a minute wait a minute what do you mean three or four thousand dollars to fly across the country? i don't believe you what well, how much was the airfare 
Dude, it was going to be like six fifty each to fly somewhere in the New York area, which there's no airport now there. I used to fly into Philly all the time. That one sucks now. You can't get good flights there. And then the, the wedding was in New York, right outside of New York City, so the rooms are going to be crazy. So, like, right off the bat, for, like, four days, that was going to be two grand plus. Then there's getting around. Then there's eating. Then there's a wedding gift. So, got a bunch of these things, man. You don't, you don't, you don't want to pony up for the wedding gifts, Cofield? Uh, you know what? You know what's funny is there wasn't a registry for this wedding, and then we were – well, I wasn't debating. We were discussing what to get, and uh, Adam Hill was actually supposed to be part of the wedding as well, but he didn't go. And I asked him, I was like, hey, what are you getting for a gift? And he sent me, like, just the dumbest suggestions ever. And I'm like, just send money. It's the New York, New Jersey area. Cash is king. They don't mess around there. Yeah. You know, there was a recent one uh, for a child that was born, my old radio partner. It's a, it was a male child. But on the registry was a feminist crown. And, you know, I said, you know, buddy, uh, you know, you're having a, a son. He goes, yeah, I know my wife. But, uh, well, I'm sure the uh, the visitors at the wedding were, uh, were uh, you know, heartbroken that the uh, Cofield and SO didn't make it. But oh, no, we would. I don't have any. So much joy. All the dancing, the cavorting, the carrying on. Yes, the eating of the free food. And of, and of yeah. the end of the night fight, you know. Not, not yeah. with her and I. We'd, we'd pick out another couple to brawl with. Let's do it. Um. I actually have one trip planned. It's to uh, Zambia, Africa, but our tickets are already booked. So uh, outside of that, we don't have any trips planned. What? Until... Yes. Wow. Okay. I'm going to Africa. Yes. Hmm. So uh, the answer to the question is all of these prices and travel disasters haven't curbed anything for you. You're like, I'm going to travel the world. Let's do it. Um, but I, you know, I am headed to Palm Beach twice in uh, okay. November and hmm. December, so at some point here, I will have to book those tickets. So, not sure how that uh, is going to affect the old pocketbook for a lowly public servant like myself. I'm sure it's not going to be a, a, a fun. Now, most of my, uh, not all of it, but most of my lodging had been booked. I'm I'm a little more of a planner than you, I guess, Gofield. So most of that has you been booked. You find pre-booked. the bargains. You find yes, the bargains. Uh, yes. you're, you're, yeah. You plan way ahead. Yeah, but uh, that's again, that's in uh, you know late. Uh, well, that's in you know winter. So hopefully it'll be a little more palatable by then. But oh, I did God, see I the article so. you sent. Uh, you know, a little planning. I, what I don't get is all this. Um, uh, you know, like 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 this excuse. The oh, it's all the supply chain. Like 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 the airports can't, you know, plan their logistics all of a sudden. Like like right. they're oh, we're warning you now. It's going to be a nightmare because we want it to be. Come on. Number four. I don't want to joke about this because I still think there's a lot of serious elements of it, and I see a lot of jokes about it. But so the segue could have been, is Amber Heard going on vacation anytime soon? Because um, she didn't make out too well in this whole deal. So explain to people what exactly happened with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, and this is, is this a case that goes to appeal? No, I don't think it will. Typically what happens in these cases, well, what happened was she lacked, I, I think the jury just didn't find her credible at all. A situation where basically they tried, basically her her attorney strategies were to try and shame an addict. Um, they were, they, they got him on the stand and tried to say, well, you do cocaine and alcohol, right? You're an addict. And he, he basically was charming and said, yeah, I'm an addict, but I don't beat women. And there were um, basically people that had, you know, the mother of his children said that he's, he's never 
the, the he's the furthest thing in the world from being an abusive person. He's an addict. That's a that's a problem for him, but he's not abusive. And then other partners of his got on the stand and said, no, he's not a he's not a violent person. And then there was testimony, uh, uh, well, not testimony, but evidence of her saying, go ahead, try it. Try telling a jury that you're a victim of, as a man, you're a, a victim of domestic violence. They're not going to believe you. Right. So that's hard for her. And then there's, of course, you know, testimony of her defecating in his bed or, or evidence of her defecating in his bed and things like that. They didn't believe her. And so that was problematic for her. I thought, actually, it was going to be reverse. I thought the jury was going to say neither one of you get anything. And then he would kind of take a victory lap in the court of public opinion. So it was surprising to me. But but the jury just said, we don't like Amber Heard. We don't like her. And so we're going to fine for both of them. But we're going to give him the lion's share of the money. And now there are some limits as far as uh, the, the, the jury gave too much money because there are statutes and and that jurisdiction that say you're only allowed to give so much. So it was reduced. His, his award was reduced down to about 10 million. So typically what happens here is now her lawyer came out today and said, she doesn't have that type of money. He, she can't afford to pay him $10 million, even though she is a rich actress whose career is essentially dead now because um, she had the, the big role in Aquaman and, the, and then they kind of found a way to shoehorn her into Aquaman too. Uh, but she hasn't gotten big roles since then. Um, and there's really no, I, I, her, her career is going to be hurting now. Um, so her, her ability to earn money in the short-term future is kind of hamstrung. So her lawyer came out today and said, yes, first off, we're going to appeal, which I don't think actually is going to happen. And I'll tell you just uh, shortly why, but two, she's, she doesn't have the means to pay this. So typically what you'll see in situations like this, because I don't think Johnny Depp is really out to bankrupt her. I think he was out for the public relations victory, right. which, exactly. which he has now. He can go on with his career. But one thing we did learn from this trial was this wasn't all about he didn't. He was also starting to not get roles because he was a problem on the set. He was becoming more and more difficult to work with. That's what some of the studio executives testified was, dude, you're you're you were drunk on set. You were hard to you know, you were hard to deal with. And we were we were getting tired of it. But typically what will happen here a lot of these times is um, in fact, we just actually saw this with a Broncos lawsuit. There was um, a guy that owned the Broncos before his estate sued. They lost. They owed attorney's fees. They said, we'll give up our right to appeal if you wipe out the $109,000 we now owe the Broncos in attorney's fees. The Broncos said, fine, promised not to appeal. They filed a stipulation. The other side, uh, the former, you know, the state of uh, Kaiser no longer owed $109,000 to the Broncos. They wipe it out. I would assume sometime here in the future, we'll, we'll hear that both sides entered a confidential settlement agreement in which Amber Heard will no longer appeal. She'll give up her right to an appeal and she'll give up some money, something maybe nominal, um, and they both walk away. Johnny Depp, you know, uh, asserts, you know, he, you know, he won and then they go along their merry way. That's what I would assume will happen from here on. Number three. Celtics have no experience in these finals. The organization does, but this group has no experience. The Warriors have experience. How much does it matter? Um, 
I don't know. I mean, historically, I, when you look back at the NBA, you're like, there aren't a lot of teams that, you know, come from not out of nowhere, but you know, make the the first NBA Finals with that group and and win. The Warriors did it, you know, but I think the Warriors were pretty well developed time at the beginning of their woman uh, their run when they did it. So can the Celtics overcome the fact that this is a young group and even the veterans haven't played in the NBA Finals? Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's several paths to a championship. Some teams need to do a progression to get to a championship. Other teams just kind of break through and then they go on like a little run, like the Warriors did uh, initially. I mean, you always got to get to your first championship somehow. Uh, I think the more interesting story here, though, is kind of... Uh, actually, our own uh, friend of the program, Chad Andrus, Lodo Chad Andrus, was hosting the morning show today here on uh, my station here in Denver. I was listening to, and it's it's kind of a storyline. the The Warriors kind of had a little bit of a cakewalk to the finals. They they went through the Nuggets here in um, Denver that uh, were you know diminished. They went through the Mavs that were diminished. They they didn't really have a tough a bunch of teams to get to the finals, whereas the Celtics were a lot more battle tested to get there and that the Celtics are more of a uh, rough and tumble team that um, are going to be a, a lot tougher on the Warriors to get to a championship. I think that's more of the storyline here than just, oh, the Warriors have a lot more experience. Yeah, I guess they do. That experience was a long time ago, by the way. And does does Poole have a lot of experience? I don't know that he has experience on this stage. Um, so I'll be looking for actually, can the Warriors, they've been pretty, they, you know, they like to shoot. They've been pretty other than Draymond. Um, can they, can they, you know, hang with the physicality of the, the Celtics? Number two. So we had the match here yesterday with the four quarterbacks from the NFL in Vegas over at the uh, Win golf course. And I noticed one of the headlines you noticed was something annoying about Aaron Rodgers, was there another mention of retirement? God, enough with this guy, man. Like, has any guy since Brett Favre diminished his legacy more than this guy just being a complete a-hole? Like, go away then. If you want to retire, retire. All you did for two seasons was set yourself up for a money grab. I, you know, I almost am willing to bet something that this guy's numbers fall off a cliff for the next two years, and then he, he just, you know, crawls off into a hole somewhere, literally, because he's not committed to the game. I, I think the the only reason he played at such a high level is because he just, you know, wanted to, you know, get this big, you know, hold his team hostage for a big, you know, guaranteed contract. He's got it now, and I think he'll fall off. But just what a a smarmy, annoying jerk like go at this point do green bay fans even like him anymore i don't know number one yeah i'm not sure his intensity is there all the time about football i think it is there in the afc west i'm not saying with all the players and all the teams but i kind of feel like because there's so many good teams in the afc west that the rivalries are picking up and i noticed in a conversation with uh vic tafer chandler jones said this about Russell Wilson, who is now on the Broncos. He goes, we have a unique history. I am on the all-time sack list at the Seahawks Stadium. I'm the only non-Seahawk on the list. If you're picking up what I'm putting down, okay. He said, uh, yeah, it's not good for Russell at all. He's a great friend of mine, 
but he thought he could get away from me by leaving, but I'm right here with him again. I love it. I love it. June trash talk between the Broncos and the Raiders. I like it, too. I think it's good-hearted. It's it's not... uh mean-spirited or no. anything like that and uh yeah we love russell wilson here in town like we've been desperate for anything any hope whatsoever uh here we've been bottom feeders here for a half decade uh so it's great it's 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 fun it's it's lighthearted and bring it on uh wide receiver tim patrick didn't address the raiders but he did say something about the goal of the team you think he's overdoing it a bit yeah the broncos just you know have a history of just uh hyperbole I mean, they've been for the last five years been talking about championships and nonsense like that. The Broncos will be competitive again for the first time in like six years. Talking about Super Bowl or bust, he said, hey, it's Super Bowl or bust for us this year. I think that's a bit much. Uh, they have really no no pass rush. They are rebuilding a defense. Uh, their offense will be a lot better. Uh, offensive line is a concern. Um Russell Wilson will make their weapons better, but you know they they need to prove that their weapons will actually be weapons. Um, they continually talk about, oh, these guys are going to be good. They're now talking about Jerry Judy as a third guy. He was supposed to be the best wide receiver in the best wide receiver draft ever, and now they're talking about him as a third option. Uh, so it's crazy. Like. All these guys are all potential, potential, potential. They have to start realizing some of this potential, and hopefully Russell Wilson will help them do that. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battle Born Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battle Born Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. You, know, you come from it's a small town. I've visited Binghamton and Endicott area. It's known for Speedy Fest. Orchard Parks. Uh, does that small town help you sort of stay focused on your love for the game, but also keep that humble side of you? It's funny that you brought up Speedies, because I made Speedies the other day, chicken Speedies. But uh, we were known for our chicken Speedies. Lupo's? Yes, yeah, so Lupo's chicken Speedies. But um, I, uh, what was the question again? I'm sorry, I just got this. <laughs> now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver Sevens with Cofield and Company. Leave it to Cofield and Company's Willie Ramirez to start talking food. Throw a guy off his game. All we wanted to hear was Chandler Jones crap on the Broncos some more and Russell Wilson. And then, uh, I don't know, Willie's talking about, what were they, Speedy, something like that? He, he already texted me. He's like, I'm on tomorrow. I want to talk about that. I'm like, I already, the Vast Sound crew heard your voice. We know. We know. So Chandler Jones was actually really, really good today. Very entertaining dude. Judge Dan is with us. We're going to talk to JBT, John Von Tobel, NBA expert from VSIN. Get you ready for the finals here in about seven minutes. But your city is a big-time city. We know that. Big-time market. And unlike us, you have a hockey team that's still alive in the NHL playoffs. So what's the buzz there on the apps? You know, it's funny. They were talking about this morning. Why aren't there conspiracy theories uh, in the NHL as far as uh, you know, which team should make the finals, you know, because like, you know, oh, why wouldn't why wouldn't the league try and rig it for Edmonton and the Rangers right now? But as I don't know, because nobody cares about hockey, I guess. I don't know, like because uh, there's nobody saying they're trying to rig the series against the Avalanche. Um, so that was one of the things they were talking about. But uh, and, th- and this game right underway uh, and they are coming out flying, man. They are. 
uh, it was funny. All of the analysis from the quote experts, and you know, I love Cofield. I just love to get after what I call the John Elway suck up lap dog media here in town. Now, all of the quote hockey experts that try and take the title away from the champ. That's me. I am the foremost the hockey champ. expert in town, period. You can't, you got to beat the man to be the man. And they try and take away the title from me of the foremost hockey expert. So here's the analysis that we got from everybody, everybody to a man of what was going to happen in this game tonight. Oh, they're going to lock it down defensively. We will not see skating up and down the ice. They are going to lock it down and uh, it's going to be a tight, tight uh, to the best game. Well, so far in this game, uh, it has been one shot on goal after another. And now, so far, the goaltending has held up. Mike Smith back in goal for the Oilers. And Pavel Fransos, uh, the backup for the Avalanche, as expected, did take the ice and start the game for the Avalanche. They have held up so far. We haven't seen the goal scoring as of yet. But it's not because, oh, we've seen all this great defense like these wannabe hockey analysts have been talked talking about for the last couple of days. Uh, it's just because the goaltending has held up. The shots have been getting through. The shots on goal have been getting through absolutely so far early in this game. Uh, it's just that they haven't been getting um, through the, you know, the pads, so to speak. Uh, it's right now it's a nothing, nothing game, but it's up and down the ice, just like we wanted, just like game one. I love this whole self-anointed title. I well, worked the people with you. Gave it to I, I no, 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 no. The people stop. gave it to me. The people, the people gave it to you. I don't yes. believe that. Well, I, it's it's the yeah. truth. Why would I make that up? I, I I've that up? I've anointed myself the glass overflowing guy in Cofield and Company, and I what admit I I anointed myself as Mister Positive. Yeah. No one else well, did in the market. Well, every last time, year, and every time I say it, people laugh. But actually, on this show, outside of Willie, uh, I kind of am the most positive. Well, last year the. Um, when, when the playoffs started, the station put me on at nights because they needed right. the, the hockey expert on. So why wouldn't, why wouldn't I be that, you know, take advantage pretty, of it, man. You, you, yeah, you built a brand in the market. Uh, every time I talk to anyone from Denver, they're like, do you know this guy, Dan, he's the king of hockey. Oh, I know. I know. So yeah, it's, it's uh, right now it's uh, there's 12 shots on goal already. And they you know, played less than seven minutes. So NBA finals on the way. JVT gives us his picks and angles and futures and all the action you're going to want on the Warriors and the Celtics. Daily happy hour specials from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., including 277 for pints, shots, and margaritas at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens. Because you always try to fight over the screens. Draymond does a great job of dribble handoff, and as soon as you overplay him, he bends the corner and he goes down and dumps the ball. So they they run so many actions. Steph and Clay or Poole and the other guy, they are there doing the two-step. One day grabbing each other's arms and spinning each other the other way, and the next thing you know, somebody's letting a three go. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens, it's Cofield and Company. Love it. Love it. One of my favorite shows of all the talking head TV shows, Shannon Sharp and the other guy, and Vass Hanker did a good job there. Listen, Skip's bit is his bit, but uh, Skip, stay out of the way. Shannon is the show, and Skip kept interrupting, so we had a we took like a three-minute segment and chopped it down to 25 seconds. But some pretty hardcore basketball knowledge there. Uh, John Von Tobel is here with us. He claims to be an expert. I think he's an expert. John, how you doing, buddy? 
Uh, I've actually never claimed to be an expert, Steve. Uh, I will put that out there. Well, I do know you were ranting and raving uh, last week about the voting uh, by supposed NBA experts, Jalen Rose. This was on awards. <laughs> Jalen Rose and, uh, and also Kendrick Perkins. Did you like what Shannon said there about all the actions and uh, also grabbing each other and spinning each other and uh, setting up Jordan Poole and the other guy? Well, he is referring, I don't know if you remember the, uh, the viral clip. It was during the, I think it was during the Dallas series, in which I think it was Clay and Poole who met each other under the rim, linked arms, spun around in a circle, and then like launched off one another to go like uh, off of pin down. So Love it. I, I don't know if they do it often, but they have done it before. But uh, you know, he's right in saying that this is a Warriors team that will run a bunch of stuff. Like, I think when you're watching Golden State tonight, like don't watch the ball. Watch everything going on around the ball. Watch these these down these pin downs that you're gonna watch. These off ball screens. You know, dribble handoffs are a big part of their thing too. But cuts to the basket. Like they run so much stuff away from the ball itself. It's why their offense is so good. It's why they lead the postseason in terms of offensive rating up to this point, non garbage time minutes because of everything they do that's outside of just the dude with the ball. And the cool thing about it is they just don't run traditional pick and rolls, right? You're not going to see a whole bunch of one five high pick and rolls. Like it's just so many different things happening in one single possession. It's why they're so freaking good. So I would say, yes, like there is some truth to the fact that you're just going to see a whole bunch of stuff. But I would also say Boston is well suited to handle something like that. What do you make of this talk about all their experience? I mean, of course, it's Clay and Steph, but all the injuries, this is a kind of you know 2.0 iteration of them right like it's that was a long time ago that they were winning those championships they've had to come through the injuries they have you know kind of a little bit different cast of characters what do you make of this talk about well they've got the experience and the celtics don't have the experience in the finals does it matter uh where do you say that ranks on how this series is going to unfold I, personally, I think it's really low on the list. Like, because the way I put it, like when I was asked about this earlier, you could kind of get me, I guess, if we're talking about a Super Bowl scenario, which is two weeks between the uh, you know the last game you play and the actual event itself. It's a neutral setting. You're in town for a week. There's all this buildup. You got to deal with media and fan, like and 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 people trying to get tickets. All this sort of different sort of distractions that a first time team might have to deal with. You can kind of get me with that. But it's not the case, right? It's it's four days later after your most recent series, just playing another basketball series. You're going to have home games. They're going to have home games. I kind of just don't really buy into it that much. And it also, there's another, like, they are experienced. There's four guys who are experienced. Let's keep that in mind. It's not this Warriors team. Right. It's Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Andre Iguodala, who, you know, maybe is healthy. But there's a lot of guys on the team that aren't experienced, right? And I, I love how when we talk about these things, we forget about that. It doesn't matter that Jordan Poole is a former G League player who's never sniffed the NBA Finals prior to this, right? It's, uh, what's it called? Um, Kevon Looney, who's only got about, I think, six games worth of NBA Finals experience because he was on that Toronto team or the team that lost to Toronto. Then you have Otto Porter Jr., Evandrew Wiggins. We can go down the list of guys on this roster that don't have experience for a Golden State. And I also think something like that really takes away from what this Celtics team is. This team is not a flash in the pan. This core has been to three different Eastern Conference Finals. A few of them have been to four Eastern Conference Finals, right? Because they were a part of that Isaiah Thomas team that got the first overall seed and lost to LeBron James. This young core pushed LeBron James himself to a Game 7 in an Eastern Conference Finals not that long ago. So I think it's just kind of weird that that's something that like the, the narrative is being they're, they're leaning on. When, in fact, this is a really tested Celtics team, and just because they didn't make it one extra round, they're very inexperienced in that sense. I just don't really get it. Well, you know, the other interesting narrative going in is the Celtics' defense, which means that 
maybe not as many people are talking about the Warriors defense, and you've talked about it all year. Warriors defense is really good. Yeah, and it's always been good, right, Steve? Like That's always the funny thing when you talk to anybody about Golden State. Uh, Initially, everybody's always going to talk about offense because that's what's sexy and that's what we remember. We remember Klay Thompson scoring over 60 points on 11 dribbles. We remember Steph Curry hitting uh, 35-foot three-point shots to beat the Oklahoma City Thunder in a regular season game, not realizing that since Steve Kerr's been there in the years that they have been whole healthy-wise, they've been a top-five unit in defensive efficiency each of those seasons. And part of that is your favorite guy, Draymond Green, uh, but also part of it is what Kerr does as a head coach. You know, you're going to watch on any single possession. They will come down Boston and they will face man to man. The next possession, they will face a three, two zone. The next possession, they will face a box in one. There's just going to be so many different things that are going to be thrown at them by Kerr. And I'm really fascinated by how they're going to defend the Boston Celtics. You know, you, when you watch them against Dallas, there was just that single point of attack you had to worry about. It was Luka Doncic. Put Andrew Wiggins on him. You don't allow him to get switches. You can run box and ones and little zone things and junk defenses at him. But there's multiple weapons now for the Boston Celtics and how they handle that. A team who is going to relentlessly mismatch Hunt to try to go after Steph Curry, to try to go after Jordan Poole, to try to go after matchups that they think that they can win and how the Warriors fight through screens and try to refuse those switches. It's going to be really fascinating. Like if you really like that hardcore basketball stuff, this is the series for you because how Golden State runs their defense in this series, I think is going to be an incredible watch as we move through it. Hey, speaking of Draymond, so we had our kind of our fill of him in Denver, getting a look at him up close. Obviously, tremendous, tremendous defender. No taking any of that away from him, but seeing how he operates, it's uh, what he sometimes gets away with, right? Like the talking, the mm-hmm. the needling, the extracurricular stuff. It seems like as these playoffs have gone on, sometimes the officials let him get away with all of it, and then some games. They just seem to say, nah, we're not letting that happen. How do you see that playing out uh, this series, particularly against the Celtics? I, I feel like Draymond's learned his lesson a little bit. I mean, he even voiced uh, he voiced it a few weeks ago when he talked about that loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers and, you know, and how he missed the game because of his antics. And ultimately, they lost that series. I'm not going to say because of it because I think they had two other opportunities to close out the, Cle- the Cleveland Cavaliers. But it played a massive role in them losing that series. Um, and he's spoken to it. So I think he's going to be on, at least for Draymond, his best behavior, uh, whatever that is. I will say uh, there is an offshore market. I think it's flagrance and technical set at one and a half uh, for him in this game. So we'll see if that's actually going to go over. But I, I'm not sure. Like, I think it also depends on the official. Like, if there's going to be a, a thin-skinned ref that's going to be out there that's going to you know not take it, or if they're going to realize that it's an NBA Finals here. We know about the past with Draymond in terms of what his impact has been on an NBA Finals with his antics and the fact that he's been you know taken out from a game in one of them. I feel like it's not going to play a big role. It might lead to like you know some texts and some extra free throws here and there, but I don't think it'll be impactful to the point where he's missing a game. John Von Tobel's with us. Vsin, he's part of the company. He does his Vsin show Monday to Friday, one o'clock. He also has his hardwood handicapper show on the weekends. Uh, interesting in terms of the interest in this series because I think the storylines are awesome. You've got a traditional power against a you know a great market with a great tradition. You know, going back some fifty or sixty years. I I read a poll question in Philly, and I just wonder if this is the case outside of Northern California and Boston. Um, WIP said, do you expect to watch the NBA Finals this year as much as you usually do? And 71% said no. What Does that say that this series isn't going to do well nationwide or that Philly's just a really crappy kind of insular sports market that if it's not their teams, they're out? 
Uh, I think it's a crappy insular sports market. And by the way, they're liars. Uh, they're going to watch the series. This, this is, on paper, the best one that we could have gotten in the NBA Finals, given the way the brackets were breaking down. You mentioned the storylines from a basketball perspective. These are two elite teams. This is the best thing that could have happened. Last year, look, Steve, you know me. I'm a basketball nerd. I'll watch anything. Uh, but the NBA, I'm assuming, is licking its chops, going from Phoenix, Milwaukee, uh, to Golden State in Boston as an NBA Finals, given the star power that's here. Uh, I think that even if you clicked on that poll and voted no, you're just mad in the moment. But tonight, when at 6 p.m. or 9 p.m. Eastern, right, when you're sitting on your couch and you're like, mm, and you turn on ABC, you're going to watch. They're going to watch. Well, you've got star power, and then you've also got the venue in Boston. And while it's not the old garden, the uh, new garden obviously can get pretty nasty and, you know, got – uh, Kyrie Irving kind of unhinged as he's flipping the bird at the crowd. And I think that's another good storyline is, is there any way the Warriors, and I know you guys already addressed this with Draymond, but I wonder, you know, Draymond in Boston, if, you know, they can get him a little worked up or some other guys on the Warriors worked up. Yeah, I would say no. But then again, in Memphis, he got a little worked up, right? And, and was, was going out the crowd in that series. Um, now, there was something more personal there. Like, it wasn't so much the crowd as it was what was already happening between them and the Grizzlies. He felt that their physicality was a little too much. Um, and then, right, everything uh, unraveled from there with the Gary Payton injury. So that kind of played into it. So unless something like that happens, maybe not. Uh, after all, guys, right, we were just talking about this. This is the experience team. You would think that going into the NBA Finals, you would not be one to fall into uh, going back and forth with the crowd and getting called for that. So I'm not entirely sure, but it would be the venue to do it. I'll say that. You know, we didn't mention GP2, and you've talked about him a lot in his absence. So if he's back, what does he bring? So he's – he. I mean, he's obviously their best, I think, out – their best backcourt defender, their best perimeter defender, and Draymond Green is up there too in terms of the way he plays defense, but we know he's more frontcourt oriented. But he, he's arguably their you – no, he is. He's their best on-ball defender. Now, that's what he brings. But what I'm curious about, Steve, is while he brings that on that end of the floor, if you're Boston on the other end of the floor, I think all of a sudden it gets a little like tilted in terms of if I'm defending Gary Payton, I'm helping off of him anytime I want. I, I am living with the fact that a Warriors possession ends with a kick out to Gary Payton as a shooter. And he can hit those shots, but consistently, no. He has not been a consistent three-point shooter. And I wonder like, what that dynamic is for Steve Kerr. Because think about it, too. I mean, the, the Celtics come in here with a really big size advantage. Marcus Smart, 6'4". Jason, or Jalen Brown, a 6'6". Jason Tatum, a 6'8". And then you have a 6'9 front court in Al Horford and Robert Williams. Like, I, I just wonder, when you're looking at this overall, like how much are you giving up on one end of the floor uh, to like offensively to put him out there defensively. And the other thing is he's only six, three. So like, you're not making up that much to size discrepancy when he's out there. So he's an impact player, obviously, especially on the defensive end. But I, I wonder how much Kerr lives with it, considering he's kind of, it's going to be like four and a half on five when you're playing offensively. And that's really going to clog up the floor for you. If you're the golden state warriors Celtics series plus one thirty, Celtics and six plus four seventy five. Uh, is that what you got? So I got um, uh, I did bet the Celtics to win in five at plus nine hundred. Ooh. Um, and Ooh. on top of the yeah, on top of the future that I've already got. And it, look, it's a really small bet, and I, I got a lot of flight. Well, you don't know what you're talking about. What an idiot! Throw away your money. It's it's a small wager <laughs> on something that I think there is a probability of happening. I, I like the Celtics team. I think the way they defend matches up extremely well with the Golden State Warriors. 
I think when you look at the last few years, Steve, and you're talking about this Steve Kerr era and the Warriors having a one team against them that has a winning record and that being the Boston Celtics because of the way that this roster is built in terms of wings and switchability and the way they can defend, I just think they match up well with what the Warriors bring to the table. So if this is going to be a quick series, I see that Boston is the team that would make that a quick series. So on top of what I got there, I played them um, in terms of you know that price. I've got Jalen Brown, 13-1 to to win finals MVP. Um, and then I played a, a little bit of an interesting market. Jason Tatum plus 950 to lead the series in rebounding. Uh, I think he's a really elite rebounder. When you look at some of his numbers, doesn't get enough credit for it. Averaged over eight in the series against Miami. Was a second-leading rebounder there outside of Horford. Uh, I think he's in a pretty good position to potentially do that against a small Warriors team. So those are some of the futures I played. How Jordan big? Poole, good, good, good. I say Jordan Poole twenty-two to one looks pretty, uh, pretty nice there for a series MVP, doesn't it? It, it does. Like I, I just for me, I just I don't see a universe in which this Warriors team wins a Finals and Steph Curry doesn't win his first Finals MVP. You know, like it, that's that just seems like you know, hand in hand something that is going to happen. Now I will say this: like that doesn't mean that it wouldn't happen for for a guy like Jordan Poole. I just feel like if you're talking about it from a betting standpoint. Like, I want more bang for my buck if I'm playing somebody other than Steph Curry to win this for the Warriors. It's the same thing with Klay Thompson. You know, I know a lot of people are throwing that out there as a wager. You're only getting like 15, 12 to 1 on that. And that's a Klay Thompson who is shooting under 37% from three for the postseason, who has had some really, like, peaks and valleys when it comes to his performances in this postseason. He's not been consistent. Like, I'm not saying no to it. I'm just saying I want more for my money and more than just 22 to 1 on pool. I want, like, 40 to 1, something like that, to get me enticed to bet it. Bikes. Greedy. You're greedy, JVT. But, <laughs> I am, but like it's also like it's it's a numbers thing, right? Like, you know, the higher that gets, that means it's a, like the least probable or the less probable that it's going to happen. And to me, it's just it is it is less probable that it's going to happen than that number is telling you that it's going to happen. And that's what I'm uh, that's what I'm looking at it from that perspective, you know? How big is winning this title? You know, and it's kind of a third different iteration of the Warriors group. How big is winning the title for Steph Curry and legacy, and I'm usually not into these questions, but I actually, I think it's kind of interesting his place in history as a guy who's six three or smaller. Yeah, and and you know me too, Steve. Like I don't buy into this much. For me, it does nothing. He's still one of the greatest players to ever play this game. In the grand scheme of things, it obviously does something, and especially when you're talking about because you kind of mentioned it, right? Like the three different iterations of doing this, doing this as the young team that came up and you know it was drafted, developed, did it together. They win that first title. They come around. They get Kevin Durant added to that bunch after they blow that series lead against the Cavaliers. So they're overpowered. They win those two. And then it's not only just winning it as a third iteration, Steve, but think about the two years between, right? There was one year in which Curry breaks his hand. He's oft injured. He only plays, I think, in that series, that year, like five games, something like that. They don't get invited to the Orlando bubble. And then the year after that, they have a decent team. They put it together. They get to the play, and they lose to the Memphis Grizzlies. And by the way, one of the great quotes that I think should go down in history is after they lose to the Grizzlies in that play, and Steph Curry saying, you don't or see Steph Curry. Steph Curry saying after that, uh, that loss to Memphis in the play, and you're not going to want to see us next year. And here they are next year in the NBA Finals, much like he predicted. I, I think it would do a very big thing for his legacy for the collective if he not only wins this title – uh, and to your point about being a guy who's a little bit smaller at 6'3", but also in the grand scheme of things is being one of the great champions in the NBA and a guy who changed the game entirely. You know, now you want shooting point guards. You want a guy who can move off ball, who's going to be your lead ball handler too. Like, he's changed everything. And if he wins a third title with this version of the team, it, I think it means a great deal for a lot of people. Oh, boy. I don't even want to open this Pandora's box, but if he wins another title as a guy who's 6'3", or smaller, 
You're talking about a four-time NBA champion. I feel like I'm missing someone, but I think the argument might be the greatest player, 6'3 or smaller, is Jerry West. So I don't want to get sued here. Um, but Jerry West only won one title. Steph Curry could hold a special place in NBA history. Uh, I mean, why? Why are we, I would say why are we using? The I mean, I think he's our, of six three. Well, because I like, think it's I, it, because it's so unique that a guy at the, most of the most lists that have the greatest players in NBA history involve dudes who are six five and bigger. Oh yeah, like I you know, like I get it. For me, it's just he should just be considered one of the greatest players of all time. Period. I, like I, I think he's done enough with his career and, and what he has done for the game of basketball, the way it has shifted since he has burst onto the scene, being a two-time MVP, one of them being a unanimous MVP. Like even if he doesn't win this, obviously it's fine by me. But if he does, I mean his his legacy is is almost spotless. A four-time champion, two-time MVP, and a literal game changer when it comes to the sport of basketball. I, I don't know how you would not consider him among the top five players of all time, you, let alone you, just top five players who are 6'3". You know what I mean? You know what's funny? Before the uh, the series with the Nuggets, this was an honest discussion we were having, is that, oh, Jokic is hands down a better player than Steph Curry. I was like, yeah. oh, really? Okay. All right. Yeah, That's yeah. Fine. It, It's funny how we forget, right? Because they take a couple of years, and this is what happens with teams, you know? Your teams get injured, your teammates are banged up, and you you have to go through these different roster iterations. Remember, D'Angelo Russell was a warrior at one point. You know what I mean? Like, they were going through everything. Kelly Oubre, they were trying all sorts of stuff. And and then remember, too, excuse me. Sorry, I'm getting choked up. Um, Remember, as Nick Wright talked about this, Steve, you brought this up, how Andrew Wiggins, when they signed him, they're never going to go back to the NBA Finals because they got Andrew Wiggins, and, and here they are. It's amazing. All right, John, we'll talk to you more. You love basketball. We love basketball. I'm looking forward to the game tonight. It's a great series. Um, And for me, it's pretty much an impossibility of who to pick because I don't want to root for a Boston team, and you know that Steph and Dr. Dre drive me nuts. So I think I'm out on this one, but but if I'm going to bet, i got to be objective. I will say I did one of the things I I went crazy about uh, back to, like, whatever, 2018, 19, was the drafting and team building of Danny Ainge. And I kept saying on the air, I think, and it was kind of a shot at the Warriors, that they were going to get old and that the Celtics could be the team of the future from, like, 2019 to 26. But, unfortunately, they derailed themselves by spending money poorly, uh, making bad trades or bad acquisitions, you know, with uh, especially Kyrie Irving. But maybe this is going to come true now. They, they, they have the, you know, they have the core that mm-hmm. they can still add to in the future, and this really could be a, a really good group for years and years and years. Because don't forget, Jalen Brown – and uh, Jason Tatum, when they came to the league, were like 14 years old. So they're still very young guys. They're still very young, Steve, and really quick, too. Like with Ainge, remember how much criticism he got with the way that he was constructing this team. Yep. Jalen Brown was almost mocked in terms of being a third overall selection when he yep. was drafted. A lot of people thought they reached, and they did a great job in fleecing the Philadelphia 76ers and others in the draft in which they got Tatum. But this yeah. is a Danny Ainge team that is put together and that is winning these games. It looks like they're primed to be one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. Like, yeah, like the stories behind this team, it's absolutely fascinating with what they've been able to do. And also, we haven't even talked about this, just to mention really quickly, you know, for a while, Brad Stevens was the wonderkin who was the best coach in the NBA. Ima Yudoka has come in and taken a team, or at least a core, that he couldn't get past the hump to the NBA Finals and has done a brilliant job with them. I, there's, there's so many people you can credit for the build of the Celtics. I think they're one of the better stories. And the fact that they've gotten here is freaking awesome. John, thank you. Good spot. Good to talk to you guys. Thank you. There he is, JBT Vison. Yeah, ah, come on. I should have said it. I keep forgetting, man. I don't know. I got, I got like eight more minutes. Maybe I'll get an "I love you" out. I was convincing. Uh, I, th- I threw one out earlier. I don't know if you were convincing. I'm not sure if I you were. I was. 
Well, you've done a great job today, Dan. To this point, as the co-host, you've done a great job, man. I love you. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag, only on ESPN Las Vegas. Wrapping up from Silver 7s on a Thursday. Tomorrow's a big day here with your A-Play card. You earn 2,500 points playing on Fridays. they got gift giveaways. It's a gym beam um, kitchen item month as uh, tomorrow they'll give away Jim Beam large grill cleaning brush the 10th it's a Jim Beam double burger press Jim Beam wok on the 17th and a uh, Jim Beam double-sided cast iron griddle also a $250 hour uh, hour by hour rollover free play drawings from 8p to midnight so Friday a great day to be at Silver 7s I found Dan I found a great actually you found it a uh, great Twitter handle at tempting food now I love this so much yeah, it's like, oh, that looks delicious. What, what is that? Where is that? Is it a restaurant I can go to or is that a recipe? No, it's nothing. They just rip off other people's pictures it's just a of picture delicious of food. food. That's it. Well, it's perfect. The show ends at, you know, 6 o'clock here. I look at the food and I'm like, hey, maybe I'll get that from somewhere tonight. You realize how toxic you do. You realize how toxic food Twitter is? Why would you ever want to get attribution on a food photo? Because inevitably, no matter how good it looks, Someone is going to hammer you. Yeah. Well, I said it's like going to a strip club. You know, you leave pretty pretty unsatisfied. I'm satisfied. And there are a couple times. There's some crispy uh, crispy cream donuts up there. See, you, there's a little bit of branding there. So, and yeah, there was like, what, what, what's that? It's just a pe- box of crispy creams. Like, pretty, pretty okay, much. that's yep. pretty unoriginal. Donuts. That's it. Just yeah. like ribs. <laughs> All right, Dan. Yeah. Great job. I mean it, man. I love you. Thanks for All filling right. in today, Judge love Dan, too, the fan bro. in Denver. We'll see you, buddy.